Chucking It From The Cheap Seats is the newest podcast covering high school basketball. Head coach Josh Thompson interviews some of the most impactful people who make Hoosier hysteria great. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Subscribe to Chucking It From The Cheap Seats wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our next guest on the Chucking It From The Cheap Seats podcast is our most accomplished guest ever. After attending high school in both Southern and Central Indiana, and after playing at Milligan College, he began a high school coaching career, including stops at Dale and Spencer. From there, he began a stint at Earlham College before breaking through to the NBA. In 1981, he led the Houston Rockets to their first NBA Finals. Next, he led the Milwaukee Bucks to the Eastern Conference Finals and finally began a six-year stint as coach of the Los Angeles Lakers in 1994. He was the head coach for Yao Ming in China in the 2004 Olympics, but perhaps is best known for the greatest pairing of players in NBA history. Coach Del Harris will tell us the story of putting Shaq and Kobe together for the Lakers and how his son helped put the Splash Brothers together, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, as an assistant general manager for the Golden State Warriors. Born in Orleans and still working for Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks at the young age of 85, a member of the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, welcome to the podcast, legendary coach, Del Harris. For over 32 years, D1 Basketball has offered elite basketball camps and top-tier player development programs. Team camps, individual skills camps, and shooting camps can improve performance for you. Few Indiana basketball camps impact performance like D1 Basketball. Since 1989, annual enrollment in D1 Basketball has grown from 80 to 3,500 players, making it one of the largest individual basketball organizations in the Midwest. The mission of D1 Basketball is to help coaches and players maximize their performance. D1 Basketball Facts. D1 Basketball Camps are exclusively endorsed by the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association. D1 Team Camps have hosted more high school sectional championship teams, Final Four teams, and Indiana All-Stars than any other camp shootout or summer tournament. D1 Team Camps provide the best chance for a school coach to work with all their teams in its top-tier competition from Southern well, today on the Checking It from the Cheap Seats podcast brought to you by the Barry Media Class, we are pleased to be joined by former high school coach, former college coach, and former NBA coach, and, and more importantly, Indiana native, Dale Harris. Coach Harris, thanks for being on with us today. Well, uh, thanks for asking. It's uh, good to connect with some Hoosiers uh, down here in Texas now. I've been here a long time. But uh, I'm still uh, a Hoosier at heart. And in fact, uh, I, I noticed that uh, your phone message um, shows Orleans, Indiana calling. Yes, yes. And uh, I was born in or Orleans, Indiana. Mm -hmm. So uh, I didn't live there uh, long. I, was born in my mom and dad's house mm -hmm. back, uh, and uh, obviously no hospital nearby. And um, so uh, we moved back to Dale, Indiana, where my parents were from, uh, shortly after uh, I was born. Mm -hmm. And then 
where he had gone to barber school mm-hmm. out to Plainfield, Indiana, and uh, where basically where the airport, Indianapolis Airport, is now. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that's where I went to school the whole time. Mm-hmm. But uh, all my family stayed in southern Indiana. Uh, what cousins that I have still living uh, are all in uh, uh, either Dubois uh, or um, Vanderburg uh, or um, oh, uh, what's that? Warwick County. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So I'm still basic southern indiana dude we we, we are still going to claim you coach down here in southern indiana <laughs> and you know you had told me uh, as we reached out to you uh to to do this podcast for the media class you told me you're excited about coming back this summer i know you come back for the annual mm-hmm. golf outing and then the legends get together uh that coach toad rank puts together down there in huntingburg yes that's right we've been doing that now for uh several years i think 12 or 13 mm-hmm. years, something like that. And this is uh, going to be the last one that we have as far as what we call the legends of Southern yeah. Indiana, you know, it's self, yeah. self-named. Uh, but uh, just uh, another term for old people that used to play <laughs> basketball and or baseball in southern Indiana, southwest Indiana, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, we've been doing that. We just get together, actually, in Huntingburg. <clears throat> and uh, uh, depending, the largest number we ever have is probably 50 or 60, and the fewest is probably 40. Uh, but uh, we... You know, we're dying off as much as anything. And uh, so, and it gets harder for everybody to travel. And uh, so this will be the last one. But uh, uh, Sam Alford uh, from Washington Mm -hmm. was um, president of the Indiana uh, Basketball Hall of Fame for Mm -hmm. Uh, a term, uh, you know, however long that, that lasts, and you have to they have to rotate them and all that. But mm-hmm. Sam uh, initiated uh, Southern Indiana uh, Basketball Hall of Fame uh, golf event at um, Montgomery there, and uh, uh, oh, several years ago, I, I don't know, ten years ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think that will go on indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's, it's really good, and um, maybe uh, you know uh, some of your students, maybe their their parents or somebody, or, or maybe some of your students play golf. Mm-hmm. They ought to get together a, a team and see if they could go and play in in that golf tournament uh, in the first week of June, because uh, there's all kinds of uh, people that you may have heard of uh, who played basketball and or baseball in the Southwest Indiana area uh, that uh, particularly some of the parents probably would remember and wouldn't mind seeing and uh, saying they played golf with them or whatever. You know, Coach, we're really proud of that golf course out there, and I know you probably met met, uh, Trey Miller 
uh, the head pro out there. Trey's a great guy. He's a great basketball mm-hmm. official. He does a lot of a lot of high school basketball games at a high level. He's done some state finals on the boys and girls side, and Trey and his staff do, do an exceptional job. And I've got some of my staff. I was just talking to Trey Showalter here uh, before we came on the air. Uh, Trey's one of my junior high coaches, and he works out there at this at the golf course in the summer. Oh. So, so it's a it's a great place, and like you said, it's a great event uh, coming up there that first week in June. Uh, Brought to you by the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. And, Coach, um, one of the things that well, the students – Let me say one more thing about um, when um, uh, I was young, real young, uh, in uh, the grades and, and on through high school, uh, I always spent a lot of time in the summer at uh, Dale mm-hmm. uh, where my uh, – all again uh, – my uh, parents and cousins, aunts, uncles uh, were either Dale, Santa Claus, uh, Christney, uh, in in that area down mm-hmm. there in Spencer County, um, and uh, uh, I got to know as a little boy uh, Roger Kaiser and uh, and uh, Bob Reinhardt. Mm-hmm. Uh, who uh, were great players at Dale, and then uh, Roger played at Georgia Tech, and and uh, Bob played at uh, IU in basketball and baseball, mm-hmm. and and Roger played basketball and baseball at Georgia Tech, uh, and was drafted in uh, basketball and baseball uh, wow. when he uh, got out of uh, Georgia Tech, but mm-hmm. um, and then got to know guys like. Uh, uh, Joe Kodrang, Sam Offord, and uh, other great uh, people uh, around Huntingburg and Jasper, um, Holland, uh, all the little uh, towns and, and so forth uh, in southern Indiana. And uh, I played baseball uh, uh, in Washington uh, uh, when I was playing with, I can't remember, who I was playing with, Holland or Jasper or somebody, but I, I played with different baseball teams in the summer. So anyway, I, I've, and I've, I've kept track uh, of uh, Bar Reeve and what uh, great things uh, Bar Reeve has done over the years because of uh, my association with Code Rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, am. I always uh, obviously thank the world of Coach – Alford and and enjoy helping him out with recruiting teams and sponsorship for for that event. But uh, Coach Toadrank mm-hmm. has been really good to me since I got this job. You know, he reaches out to me on Facebook and we'll talk uh, yeah. sometimes through the highs and through the lows. And it's always mm-hmm. nice when guys like that who have been in that position reach out to you uh, because there are a lot cool. of highs and lows in this position and oh, and yeah. profession. So it's it's always nice to hear from Coach Toadrank. Well, Coach, um, go, going back here and, and talking about your, your high school days there in Plainfield, your graduate of Plainfield High School, and uh, you talked about your days there as a Quaker. And then you headed to college, and you went to Milligan College. And one of the things that the kids had wrote down is uh, that you not only were, were a player there at Milligan College and had a successful career, but you also majored in religious studies. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah, a degree in religion, and in fact, uh, 
I was uh, the assistant uh, after uh, one year at on the campus campus church. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, I was going to become a preacher. Uh, and uh, after I graduated, uh, two weeks before I was supposed to go to seminary, I got a phone call from uh, my favorite uh, professor at Million College, and he called and he said, you know, I've been thinking about you, and uh, uh, I think that you should work a year before you go on off to uh, uh, seminary because, um, uh, you know, you need you need the money for that and, and all, and uh, mm -hmm. if you agree, I've got a job already lined up for you. And I said, well, okay, I mean, whatever he thought would be good, I probably would have done. Yeah. Join the Army or whatever it was. <laughs> and, uh, so uh, uh, he said, uh, you'd be the, the coach of you know, boys and girls basketball, seventh and eighth grade at this little school. Uh, it's about three or four miles uh, on the, in the mountain uh, mm -hmm. here uh, called King Springs school and mm -hmm. uh, so that's what I did and uh, we had such a, a great time of it uh, uh, they had never done anything before uh, in that area and uh, we uh, we scored over 100 points four times in junior high oh, six wow. minute quarters oh my and then we just beat up on everybody around and they got to writing us up in the Johnson City Chronicle newspaper, mm -hmm. and uh, they they weren't writing up any other junior high, <laughs> and, you know, all this is one, and uh, I don't know. We it changed the the lives and the direction of uh, a lot of those kids, and then and uh, of of myself. Uh, mm -hmm. I after I had done that and saw what changes uh, were made. That I thought, well, maybe I can do both, but I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to uh, see if I can coach, and um, uh, I thought maybe I could be a small college coach, just like the school that I had graduated mm -hmm. from, and I thought that that was a, a good life, mm -hmm. and uh, so, and you could do a lot of good. So I had to go to IU though. To qualify to teach in Indiana, because if I were going to coach, I wanted to do it in Indiana, where mm -hmm. they were playing real basketball. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was able to <laughs> finesse them in, in Tennessee. They didn't know as much about basketball. They were still more interested in football back in those days. And, hey, exactly. Uh, so uh, I knew Indiana basketball, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, so uh, I, I did, and I ended up uh, getting a, a job uh, through a friend that I, uh, I met in uh, graduate school who had started his coaching career at Rochdale, Indiana. Mm -hmm. so the Rochdale Hawks, there. right? Yeah, yeah, the Hawks. Uh, no longer in existence. It's called uh, South Putnam now or mm -hmm. North Putnam, I don't know. Putnam County, uh, near Greencastle, and then, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, I, next though, my uh, uh, uncle 
as twin brother to my dad, helped me get the the coaching job at Dale. Mm-hmm. And I, I said at that time, I went from Roachdale to Dale. I was the only guy that could uh, figured out how to get rid of roaches. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that funny at, at Roachdale. But uh, anyway, uh, I had some, some really good teams mm-hmm. uh, for two years at, at Dale. And I had uh, the Goose brothers. Uh, Roger coached at uh, Rockport for long time he was mm-hmm. a 35 year coach uh, in southern indiana and, mm-hmm. and did did great uh perry central and uh and, and uh, rockport mm-hmm. and uh then uh, he played at evansville uh after graduation and then stan who was uh two years uh ahead of roger mm-hmm. and uh, stan played at georgia tech four years and uh didn't coach but uh he went into business but mm-hmm. Um, had other good players there and, and as well. And after two years, I got a job at Spencer, Indiana. Went mm-hmm. from Spencer uh, County to Spencer, Indiana, and Owen County. And uh, none of those three schools exist now as such. Uh, we, we got uh, Spencer is Owen County and uh, High School, and and Dale is um, Heritage Hills. Uh, with um, other uh, Christney and other uh, small towns mm-hmm. around uh, Santa Claus, but do you remember um, how many how many students Dale had at that time? Because you you talk about coaching you know, the Goose you know, Brothers and and you know mm-hmm. two Division One players. How many kids <laughs> were in that school? We had uh, probably two hundred and fifty, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. I mean, Dale only had nine hundred people. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all they still have. Yeah. I mean, one dies and one moves in. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, but we had uh, the kids from uh, Gentryville and Mariah Hill and uh, St. Myrid and uh, uh, so on, uh, Santa Claus, Lamar, mm-hmm. uh, that came in off the farms and, and uh, so forth uh, to, to go to school. Chucking It from the Cheap Seats is brought to you by Shootaway, offering products like 12K series guns, proven time and again by the nation's top schools and college coaches programs. For special pricing and discounts, contact Bruce Help at 317-767-5543 or go to shootaway.com. I held a thousand people mm-hmm. uh, and... Uh, and they love basketball. It was a basketball town uh, mm-hmm. for many years. And so you were a high school coach for for four seasons, correct? And and three yeah. of those three of those years, you won sectionals, won a conference. No, co- oh, okay. Just, we won. We won something. You know, we won. Oh, con- we won conference in basketball and baseball at, at Dale and uh, Spencer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we won. Uh, we lost to Tell City in the sectional at Dale. Uh, they had great teams. We were we were good. We beat them uh, during the season one year um, at home, and then mm-hmm. we lost the next year at Tell City, and we lost in the tournament mm-hmm. at Tell City both times. And uh, they were really good, and mm-hmm. they had a good coach as well. And um, so, uh, but at Spencer, uh, we won. And uh, 
we that team was good enough to have gone uh, at least to the Sweet 16. Mm -hmm. We got beaten in the finals of the regional by Bloomington uh, when they just had one one high school, mm -hmm. but uh, by two points. Uh, but I think uh, if uh, I was still young, I was just 27, and mm -hmm. I I think uh, if I'd have been just a little more experienced, I'd have figured out a way to get three more points out of it. But yeah. Um, anyway, we, we had a, a great team, a really good team. Um, and, uh, but they, most of them were seniors and, um, I looked to move and, um, I, as I said, my goal was to coach in a small college and I mm -hmm. saw in the newspaper where Earlham College in Richmond, Indiana, um, was looking for a, a coach, and mm -hmm. uh, so I I sent a letter, uh, recommend you know, uh, uh, applying for uh, the job and sent mm -hmm. a resume, um, and I didn't hear anything from him. And I applied also at uh, Jeffersonville, and um, I, I actually applied at Jasper. Okay. And I interviewed uh, at Jasper, and I thought I was going to get that job, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it was turned out to be a good thing because they didn't do well uh, with, with you know they just didn't, for the next two or three years they weren't they didn't didn't have the players mm -hmm. and uh, I guess uh, and uh, uh, Jeffersonville though I got down to two and uh, I was uh, waiting. Uh, they were going to make the decision on the weekend, and mm -hmm. I got a phone call on Tuesday of that week, and it was from Earlham College, and they asked if I'd want to come and interview on Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, well, yeah, I, you know, I do. I'll be right in. over. <laughs> and <laughs> they asked me, uh, I interviewed there, they had about 10 people around the table. They had the president and his AD, and then they had a couple students and a librarian. And the sounds like the teachers. sounds like the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was, but you know, small college, they want to see if you're going to fit in. Well, lo and behold, they offered me the job on the spot. Oh, wow. And I, I called up my wife and I was going to oh, ask well. you. I was going to ask you if you were married at this point. So yeah, yeah. I, my uh, oldest uh, son was born at uh, when I when I was uh, coaching at Dale, and he mm -hmm. was born in Stork Memorial High Hospital in Huntingburg. You know, that's a good name for a hospital uh, to have kids born. Stork. Absolutely. <laughs> and then the next year, my second son was born at. Uh, Huntingburg as well, and uh, so yeah, I had two kids and uh, went uh, to Spencer, and uh, I got recommended for the job by IU because I was doing my graduate work at IU and I just got to know some people there and I I, I played I played basketball uh, and baseball after you know when I all the time I was coaching mm -hmm. I, I played both sports and um, so uh, I had been 
um, on the state champion AAU team mm-hmm. back when AAU was for adults, not mm-hmm. not uh, youth like it is now. Yeah, uh, they they ran all the uh, the Olympics and, and world championships and things like that. The AAU did in those days. Then it, they took it from them because they got corrupt. But uh, in any event, in those days, I played on the state champion two years in a row in uh, 61 and 62 in basketball and got to know the guys from IU. And anyway, uh, the head guy for uh, placement uh, recommended me for that Earlham job. And uh, that's how that happened. And um, so I went there and uh, I coached there nine years. Mm -hmm. And um, they hadn't won anything before I went. Uh, They had won two games the year before and three the year before that. And so anyway, uh, their nine years, we averaged – uh, whatever uh, uh, we the most wins we had was 25 and the least we had was that first year was uh, we were 14 and 8 mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, and we got in the Hoosier College Conference after about the I think uh, on the third year and we won that two or three times and Went, uh, we won the state and went to the nationals, and we were ranked in the uh, we're sixth in the nation one year mm-hmm. uh, among 500 and some schools, small colleges, and then another year, 12th, and uh, just had a really great time. And uh, and still to this won- day, coach, you're you're still the all-time winning winningest coach there in Earlham history. That is that correct? Well, yeah, it it ain't even close. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, they they've only had four winning seasons since I left in okay. 1975. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, just one of those things. We I was able to get players in there uh-huh. because I was I, I knew all the coaches uh, around the. Uh, Southern and Central Indiana mm-hmm. because I played basketball and baseball. Mm-hmm. And the basketball team that was a champion was was uh, Brownstown uh, Marion K uh, that won the state several years uh, in a row, and I was on it two years. And um, then uh, baseball, I played I played with seven, uh, six state champions. Uh, in the national tournament, uh, that, that I got toe drank uh, to play on one of the teams I was on in the Indianapolis area. What, what, do you, do you remember what position toe drank uh, played on that team? Uh, shortstop. He was shortstop. Okay. Yeah, but he he could pitch too. Uh-huh. In the state tournament, um, he he pitched uh, one of the games uh, in the state tournament. Uh, I pitched uh, in uh, in three, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, anyway, 
uh, we went to the nationals and we got we, it was double double elimination and we got beat by one run. We got beat in the tenth inning. I, I took that loss, uh, and uh, we got beat uh, by one run. The other one uh, to the teams that finished one and two uh, out of thirty-two teams, and Joe. Uh, Joe hit 600 in that. In the tournament. Um, yeah, we only, we only got to play three games. Mm -hmm. And uh, but uh, so uh, it it was. That's how I got to know the coaches, and that's how I got the players. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So if you were that successful, and they've not had tremendous success since. You know what? What was your secret to success? And and you obviously would players. say your, your relationship. <laughs> yeah, having good players. Yeah, but your to get those good players, it was your relationships with the high school coaches that that made that possible it, there, Darlin. It was, and uh, plus, uh, you know, and I worked at it. Yeah, mm -hmm. because the best player I ever got was in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Now. Uh, I did. I actually played with the state champion in Ohio in baseball as well. As a matter of fact, Dayton, uh, and we won the national championship. Okay. Uh, with Dayton, um, but um, in any case, the main guy I got. Uh, he played there. They had two classifications, and he scored thirty-five points in a championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, the class B. And I listened to it on radio. I mm -hmm. was in Richmond, Indiana, and uh, I listened to it on the Dayton radio. And I thought, well, he's gone. No way he's coming here. Yeah. He got, yeah everybody's seen him now. He got. He was in a small school. Yeah. Thirty-five points. But and and he he was offered a bigger job, but. I, I had worked it, and mm -hmm. he wanted to come and play. And uh, he's he's the all-time leading scorer, leading rebounder, uh, and you know by miles. Mm -hmm. And he's the only true All-American they ever had. And, so just uh, just staying after it, just staying after it yeah. enabled you to get a guy like that. Yeah, yeah, and just getting to know his parents and. You know stuff. Uh, yeah. And this this guy went back to his little town in Ohio, Arcanum, Ohio, and he became a coach, then the principal, then the superintendent, mm -hmm. and then he became the commissioner of Ohio uh, State High School Athletic Association, like the IHSAA, yeah. the yeah. OHSAA. Okay, so he, he did. He, he did pretty he well for himself. That's that's good. Wonderful, that great is, guy. That's a great story, and I know you've coached a lot of guys over the over the years that that have stories very similar to that. But you you coach at Earlham for nine years, and you you said how you started out life you you thought you wanted to be a minister, and then you got into coaching, and you were like, okay, I want to do this at a small college. How yeah. how in the world does Dell Harris from Southern Indiana? start out with the mission of doing those things and then the next thing you're coaching professional basketball in Puerto Rico well you know 
God has uh, plans for all of us. And Absolutely. We think we're doing it, and but uh, we're just doing the best we can, and uh, mm-hmm. we we make our plans. But uh, <laughs> uh, God has the true design, and you know it. I did. Conti- I had a, one of the years I coached high school in Spencer. I had a little. Uh, church out in the hills there uh, on Antioch Christian Church okay and uh, so I it's not like I I, I felt bad I, I gotta say at times you know I, well, I was supposed to have been a preacher and here I am coaching uh-huh. and uh, but uh, it as uh, not too long ago I looked back and I thought holy cow uh, I, I knew the Lord was in, in charge all the time, but mm-hmm. I just never put two and two together. But I got to tell you, uh, if you do the best you can and you keep the, your your faith right, uh, you'll manage. And you may not end up coaching in the you know IU or mm-hmm. the, the Lakers or Bulls or whatever, mm-hmm. but you're, you're going to do well because uh, if, uh, if you live a thankful life, you're going to have a happy life. Mm-hmm. I've never seen people who are thankful that are not content and happy. Mm-hmm. In other words, if somebody says something for you and you say thanks, you're not fixing to hit them. Mm-hmm. You, you know, if you're thankful, you're feeling good. Yeah. And uh, so there's so many things, even in hard times, you've got to think back to what good things have gotten you to where you are, whether mm-hmm. it's your health, your parents, your friends, your, any any good things. There's so many more good things. We tend to focus on, on the negative, on the back. Absolutely. Uh, things. Absolutely. Oh, man, I, you know, I lost that. I missed this. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but uh, so... This is crazy, mm-hmm. but I got my teams won games, and you know one of one of my college teams averaged over a hundred mm-hmm. uh, on the year, and for six years we averaged uh, uh, ninety-seven points a game, yeah. and no three-point shots. Those, those are crazy. Yeah, th- those are crazy numbers. And I didn't uh, have any. Athletic scholarships to offer. We uh-huh. is all based on need. Yeah, and uh, and and you, you had to be a good student. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, I got a, a letter from uh, uh, Prentice Hall, wanted me to write a book. Mm-hmm. Over over the period of time, I was asked to write magazine articles for uh, uh, athletic. Uh, publications mm-hmm. called Scholastic Coach or a- an Athletic Journal. I don't know if they still have those or not. But yeah, th- they're, they still put them out in, in some shape or form. Well, it was a big thing back then because you know you didn't have TV. Uh, you didn't have to, uh, you didn't have Twitter. Or, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, it's not that there were no t- televisions. But, yeah, but it, it just. Small colleges weren't on television mm-hmm. as a whole other. Yeah. And um, so uh, anyway, uh, there, there were not that many books being written. And 
they wanted me to write a, a, a book, and uh, so I did, and that, that did well in 1970. And, um, and and one thing I'm most proud of is that book, and it, it did well for a number of years. But and some of the colleges used it as uh, source books um, for their coaching classes. But on page 21 of that book, uh, you can't get it anymore. But it's called. Uh, uh, multiple defenses mm-hmm. for winning basketball. Mm-hmm. And on page 21, I noted how we uh, used as an analytic uh, that we valued possession of the ball to be one point. And so we evaluated our, our offense, our defense, our coverages, whatever, uh, how we did on fast breaks, you take the number of attempts mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and see how say like we we played zone defense twenty possessions. Mm-hmm. If we gave up thirty points, well, we we were averaging a point and a half uh, given up. Well, mm-hmm. that's that's not, that's not winning. Mm, no. If they had point eight, uh, then it depending if our offense was going at one point or one point one, we're going to win that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we evaluated everything. Well, now that's a big stat that uh, everybody uses now. Yeah. They didn't start using that uh, across the board till about twenty years ago. Well, we were using it in nineteen seventy. Well, you had it. That, you had it in a it. yeah. You had it in a book on page twenty one, nineteen seventy. That's amazing. That's right. that, I think, Coach, you know, that statistic, that points per possession, uh, whether you're analyzing zone defense versus your man-to-man or you're running jump trap, whatever, yes. um, I think that's one of the most important stats. Coverage. Yes, it's yeah. one of the most important statistics out there. We use it at the high school level. I know a lot of coaches yeah. I know use of it. Of course. Yeah, yeah of a, course. And, uh, <laughs> And, you know, people ask me, well, what do you think about these, you know, so emphasis on analytics? I said, well, I've always <laughs> been analytics. Uh, I, when I, I spoke at uh, MIT uh-huh. uh, in an analytics conference uh, there around 10, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. and I took the book with me and I opened it up to page 21 because <laughs> they were all, you know, uh, talking about these new analytics well all of them aren't new uh-huh. and uh, so anyway but we uh, long story on that uh, uh, and i won't get into but um anyway uh, i uh as a result of writing these magazine articles the professional team in uh Puerto Rico, where a lot of guys from the ABA, NBA, and D1 were coaching in the summers in the uh, pro league down there called the uh, Superior League of Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. It's been going on, still going on, Mm -hmm. started in 1916, and um, it's it's a good league in in Central America. This is one of the Puerto Rico for uh, the you know, it's they got fewer people than Indiana has, mm-hmm. uh, but they've played uh, very competitively on the Olympic and, and world 
uh, stage for years, and especially back then, uh, we did. Mm-hmm. And uh, I coached their national team twice uh, in international uh, tournaments, FIBA, and we won uh, one gold and one silver. Mm-hmm. So uh, they were they were they were very very good, and and a lot of our players played uh, in D1 uh, in, in the States, but mm-hmm. you, you had to be of Puerto Rican descent mm-hmm. or having been born there. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's how I ended up there. And that's how I ended up in the NBA, ABA and NBA, because mm-hmm. my teams won three uh, straight national championships there. And one of the ABA coaches says, why don't you come be my assistant coach at the Utah stars. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the last year of the ABA. Yeah. And we didn't even make it to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, fortunately, the university of Utah asked me to come and be an assistant there to, in, uh, the first of December and finish out that season. Finish out, to stuck you. out there. Mm-hmm. And then, um, the next year though, my head coach that got me to Utah, was made head coach of the Houston Rockets mm-hmm. in 1976. Yeah. And he said, well, come on down here with me. Mm-hmm. And there was only one head coach and one assistant coach in those days. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a bunch of <laughs> He d- didn't have an army. <laughs> nope. And I went down there with him. And after three years, uh, well, the first year he made coach of the year mm-hmm. uh, in the NBA. And uh, he was good. He had, mm-hmm. he had already been ABA coach of the year once with San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And after three years, he went back up to Utah when the Jazz moved from New Orleans to Utah. Okay. And I became head coach of the Rockets in mm-hmm. 1979. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and that, that that went pretty well for you. And you coached a guy named Moses Malone. I know that. Uh, I wanted to yeah. I wanted to ask you about, about that, about coaching a guy like right. Moses Malone. Well, I'll tell you. One one thing, uh, we had Moses uh, at Utah, uh-huh. uh, and uh, that's where he went out of high school to, mm-hmm. to Utah Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made uh, Rookie of the Year uh, the first year. Then the second year was the year that I came, and uh, he he broke a foot bone in, in training camp. So he, I had him in camp, mm-hmm. but... That's it, and and then the team folded, and he ended up uh, going to St. Louis, mm-hmm. uh, and then they folded, and in the dispersal draft, he ended up at Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo uh, was became the Clippers actually, but mm-hmm. anyway, we went to Houston, and we uh, saw that. He wasn't getting to uh, play much in training camp at Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And we offered two first-round picks to get him to Houston. Yeah. And we we got him that first year. Then we went all the way to the Final Four. Uh-huh. They, they, had, they had never won a playoff round in the history yeah. of the Houston Rockets. And we go to the Final Four mm-hmm. with uh, Moses. And, uh, and other good players. I mean, we had Calvin Murphy, who's Hall of Famer, and uh-huh. Rudy Tomjanovich, um, who's Hall of Fame coach, uh, and it was a great player, and so on. But uh, 
So, but the first game in 1979 that I coached in the NBA as head coach Mm -hmm. was in Boston Garden. Okay. No, it was 1979. Yeah. Who else had his first NBA game (laughs) in 1979? A a guy from southern Indiana, right? (laughs) Some kid from from French Lake. And, so uh, and I, I did. A, I did not know that part of your story. I don't know all the details of your story, but I did not know that part. That your first game. I know it's as little an, known. Yeah, as an NBA coach. Kid from, wow. Kid from Arlene's coaching against the, and and they called him the, the Hick from French Lick. Well, mm-hmm. As I said, they're the county seat in my county. <laughs> if he's a Hick, what's that make me? Absolutely. <laughs> and. uh so anyway, he won the game, but I, I got a story on that because mm-hmm. you, you get a kick out of that. Of course, when they announced the you know our team, and then they they announced the starting lineup for the Boston Celtics. Well, they get down to the last number, number thirty-three, Larry Bird, and so just as they announced that, <coughs> some guy that was sitting right beneath the the goal in front of the uh, Celtics bench, mm-hmm. opens up this bag, I guess it was a burlap bag or something, and a, a white bird, I guess a dove, <laughs> I don't know, it's a white bird, flew right out of that bag and went straight up to the, the rafters. Uh-huh. And I, I took that to be a kind of a bad omen for yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh... You know, but but coach, obviously things went really well for you there with the Rockets. You 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 end up like you said there in the semifinals one year, um, but at the end, ultimately, uh, you know, uh, what well, I we went th- to the finals my yeah. second year. Yeah, and and lo and behold, who do we play in the finals? But Larry Bird in his first final. Yes, and we we go six games, but. Uh, but he got us, mm-hmm. and uh, but he he had he also had Parrish and McHale, and uh, you know it, it was a Hall of Fame team, and I had Moses, and I had Calvin, and I had mm-hmm. some other good players. Yeah, but Moses Moses was was the guy. Yeah, and and, and uh, that's one of Moses. the things that I wanted to ask you, Coach. I didn't mean to cut you off, but you know, sure. c- coaching at that level any team in the NBA, but at that level, and you're in the NBA finals, um, what, what is it to you all your years as a head coach, assistant coach in the league, uh, working in the front office that like separates those teams, the, the small separation with those teams and those players, what, what is it? That uh, separates in in what sense? In, in what sense, like you know, the the teams that are at the top of the league oh. that win the championships versus those teams that are amazingly talented, but but they mm-hmm. don't even make the playoffs. What what is that? Is there something small, minute that separates those teams, or is it just you know, is it just something well, that that I'd things mesh? It have to be a combination of things. I uh, I. Uh, as you make a good point in that uh, a lot of people don't understand that the last player on the team that finished last 
in any given year mm-hmm. is still he was he was a great player. He yes. was the best player on his high school team. He was, if not the best, he was certainly one of the two best on his college team. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he would never have been able to put on the uniform Absolutely. of an NBA team. The, mm-hmm. You know, there's no shame in being a role player, a sub on an NBA team. Mm-hmm. That, that in fact, all the good teams will have that. They'll, yes. they'll have depth mm-hmm. They're You know, you, you're going to have the, the, the best teams are going to have uh, a really, uh, a great player. Mm-hmm. And, They'll have two other guys usually that are either great or near great. I mean, very outstanding players. It takes Mm -hmm. two really outstanding players and usually three. But, uh, and then it's the role players, though, after that, that Mm -hmm. make the difference. Mm -hmm. They all look at the teams now. There's there to be 15, 16 teams that will have. Three well-known players. They're very, very good players, mm-hmm. but they're only one of them is going to win. Yeah. And, uh, but what distinguishes generally now? Not there's no one answer to that, mm-hmm. but generally, the one of those best players is a, a, a strong leader. Mm-hmm. He's he's a coachable guy. Mm-hmm. He's he's not a, a jerk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you know, you may think he's a jerk if if he beats your team, but yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it takes good coaching, but it takes uh, leadership within the ranks. You've got to. It takes good teammates, mm-hmm. and that's what I tell uh, all the time when we're looking for NBA players and scouting and so on. We look to see, uh, you know, not only the stats, but what kind of teammate mm-hmm. were they? Yes. If they were bad teammates on their uh, if high school team, I didn't want them. They're mm-hmm. bad in, in, in teammates on pro team. If it gets down to this guy and another guy, and and unless there's just so we're down to the last pick. Uh, and it's between two guys, unless there's a world of difference, I'll take the guy that was the better teammate. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that's, a, that's, that's a great point. No, it's really a good point mm-hmm. for high school kids. You want to, you want to play on, you know, beyond high school is it somewhere, somehow, uh, be a good teammate mm-hmm. and do the best you can put in the time, put in the work to be the best player you can mm-hmm. but at the same time uh you you can't go and act like you want to be mm-hmm. a thug yeah uh, you, you, and i i just don't see guys like right now i'm disappointed in guys like job or aunt and and uh, and, uh well, raymond green and and guys when they uh you know, perform in such a way that they call attention to themselves or they're, you know, it's just, uh, and, and Jaw is one of the most talented player in the league. And, and, uh, while 
uh, Draymond isn't. Uh, he, there's, he has that uh, strength of character somehow mm-hmm. or another. To, he's a good teammate, mm-hmm. uh, and and he's won four rings and uh, and all. But I, I just hate to see that you know stomping on the yeah. player and and then you know just getting technicals all mm-hmm. the time. LeBron gets too many technicals yeah. and complains too much. Luca complains too much mm-hmm. to the referees. That, that you know coach that that, that would be yeah, exactly. That would be one of my one of my complaints as a high school coach because I know that things trickle down. And young yeah. young players are are very influenced by what they see on TV. Um, my son, who's a third grader, loves to watch those guys play because they're the best players in the game. But when mm-hmm. they complain about every call or <laughs> they yeah. they get those technicals, it's not a great example. Well, coach, one of the one of the questions that the class wanted to ask, and, and it was about being teammates, and uh, it was a situation that you dealt with in Los Angeles. You were able to orchestrate a trade to get uh, with, with the Charlotte Hornets to get a guy named Kobe Bryant to come play for you guys. And at the same time, you acquired a 24-year-old Shaquille O'Neal. How did you manage those personalities? Well, uh, first of all, uh, of course, I didn't make those trades. Mm-hmm. You know, Jerry West was yeah. our general manager and one of my uh, great friends, mm-hmm. which is how I got the job in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the we gave up a Hall of Fame player to get Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. So we gave up Vladi Divac, yeah, one of my favorite players ever. Yeah, uh, wonderful teammate. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but we we saw Kobe as what he could be, mm-hmm. and I had. <laughs> I had known of Kobe. I coached his dad mm-hmm. at at Houston Rockets, uh, J- uh, Jelly Bean Bryant, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, with Shaq, that was that was really tough. We that it involved trading Vlade mm-hmm. at uh, just to get a draft pick. Mm-hmm. So we got rid of. Vladi's contract without taking one on mm-hmm. we just got a pick mm-hmm. and so then I had to trade my sixth and seventh man I had to let them go and I did help on that that trade I got that trade done actually with Vancouver mm-hmm. but I, I gave them two really good players mm-hmm. just to get two second round picks mm-hmm. and uh, so that made enough uh, money uh, to win the bidding war uh, for Shaq. Yeah. Shaq was 24, Kobe was 17 the day we signed them both. Mm-hmm. Um, and they played at 18 and 25. Uh, I didn't have any problem uh, with, with them at all mm-hmm. uh, because I just had them uh, two years in uh, mm-hmm. 12 games. I had them. Uh, the first year, uh, Kobe was a, a sub. I mean, he uh, he was playing behind Eddie Jones, who mm-hmm. was an all-star and was all-league uh, mm-hmm. defense mm-hmm. both years. And uh, he had to play uh, – Kobe had to play behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and he was small at uh, in weight at mm-hmm. the at the time because he was you know just 18 mm-hmm. and um at 66 and he wasn't big enough then to play uh forward now Eddie wasn't any bigger but Eddie was more experienced mm-hmm. and uh, so I could play them together some against some teams by letting uh, Eddie uh, guard the small forward. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but nonetheless, uh, uh, by the end of the year, uh, Kobe was had moved up to like seventh man mm-hmm. and was playing significant role. He averaged the last quarter of the season, he averaged 10 points a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Shaq was getting his... Uh, 28 and 12, you know, yeah. uh, but Shaq uh, got an abdominal tear that first year and he missed 31 games. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not like I really had Shaq all together, uh, but we won 56 games uh, and with him missing 31. And the next year, um, Kobe was much better. He picked up about 10 pounds and he became, he only started one game, mm-hmm. but he uh, was voted runner up six man of the year in the league. Mm-hmm. And we won 61 games that year. He's still playing behind Eddie Jones mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Rick Fox. Uh, and, uh, Shaq missed 21 games that year with a knee. So we win 61, which the Bulls won 62, Utah won 62, mm-hmm. Seattle won 61. Mm-hmm. It's hard to win 60 games. That's a lot of games. The Lakers have only won 60 games or more three times in the last 35 years. Mm-hmm. That year and the year after I left mm-hmm. and then eight years later. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to win mm-hmm. 60 games. But uh, we had those two guys, and we we just had, we had a good team. We had good teammates, and they everybody got along well. Those two years, it, the last year I was there was the lockout year, and there was only fifty games, mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, only had two weeks of training camp. And Robert Ory came in with a heart murmur and didn't play, and Rick Fox sprained his ankle in, in training camp, played limited minutes. Mm-hmm. We went six and six in twelve games, and uh, they let me go. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they didn't do well then that year. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, the next year, well, everybody was healthy again, and they brought in Jackson, and and they won the championship then that mm-hmm. year, and uh, and the next year. Yeah. So, uh, but but that, know, that but that foundation, you know, had been formed whenever you were the coach and and obviously got everybody healthy back and the the yeah, lockout yeah, year we ended you know you know shagnet didn't miss games again mm-hmm. and uh um uh, we uh but it, it was good and it all worked out well i um uh, ended up coming here in dallas mm-hmm. uh and i've been here ever since mm-hmm. and uh it uh you know, it, it was just, uh, it, it all worked out uh, well. And, and let me just finish with one thing that um, 
the, the ironic thing is that, uh, like I say, I started out to be a preacher. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, how was it I ended up being a coach? Well, I've told you most of it, but here's the thing that makes me know that I was meant to do what, I, what I've done, and that is that I set the goal to be a small college coach. I applied for that job interviewed for that job and got that job Mm -hmm. at age 27 Mm -hmm. of all the other places i've been whether i can name them off real quick i mean utah houston yeah uh, milwaukee lakers Mm -hmm. bulls uh, nets um puerto rico um chinese uh, national team chinese national team uh uh, Dominican Republic national team, Canadian national team, uh, USA basketball national team. I never applied or interviewed mm-hmm. for any job after 1965 yeah. at, at Earlham College. Mm-hmm. Every one of those jobs that I got, they called me up and asked if I wanted to come and and coach with them. Yeah. That's so that's I know amazing. That's how it was supposed to be. Yeah. And and really coach to be honest, this kind of leads me into uh one of the last couple questions that we have for you. Really coaching is a ministry. You know, you're, you're guiding It absolutely is. You're guiding young men or or young adults and it really is a ministry and I know one of the things that you and your wife are, are I'm sure very proud of is uh, you guys have an organization called the Dell and Ann Harris Foundation, and you uh, promote different Christian uh, endeavors and missions. Uh, could you just touch on that, what that organization's all about? Well, we've now changed it as I'm not, you know, I was uh, making more money at the time and uh, was funding it. We, we never took any donations from anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just as our doing and Mm -hmm. um so now we it's a uh donor advised fund as as we use now um but uh uh anyway that's it's just this is what uh we 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 do uh with our money we're just uh try we try to uh help promote kingdom uh work and Mm -hmm. uh my my wife is uh, she's uh, uh, very special in in that area. She mm-hmm. was we live in a town here of a town of uh, about two hundred twenty five thousand mm-hmm. and uh, people, and uh, she was the person of the year last year. That's awesome. Uh, uh, she's on a magazine cover and uh, so forth, and um, uh, she just got an award last week from uh, a uh, black woman's uh, civic organization. Uh, she's, I, I could just uh, go over the list of stuff that she's been able to get and uh, through work for the homeless and for mm-hmm. an anti-fentanyl program she's trying to get going right now and on and on and on. These mm-hmm. are plus just, missions things that uh 
were associated with and uh, and, and and all so uh, but you, you hit on it right it uh, and I've spoken on this different times that uh, if you're doing it right you have to uh, coaching as as being a servant as, mm-hmm. as a minister you're you're there to, to serve to the needs of your players mm-hmm. and they need to have a servant attitude toward one another mm-hmm. uh, trying to help each other get better and uh, it's all about getting better in life and that's why Tiger Woods uh, as great as he was whenever he, the coach he had at the time ceased to, to help him get better he'd get a new one mm-hmm. as, as good as he was and uh, and he could beat all those guys but that you need a you needed an outside person to help you get mm-hmm. better and that's what what a coach is for and and last I, I just the reason for that is that I think uh, basketball of all sports was uh, and I say this in a sort of a of a humorous way but is God's game of all mm-hmm. games because first of all uh, it was invented by a pastor uh-huh. uh, Dr. Naismith uh, was a Presbyterian pastor mm-hmm. and, and became coach and uh, although he did uh, he did become a, a chaplain in World War One, uh, you know as as well he invented the game in 1891, but uh, and that was in uh, in 1917. But uh, uh, he regarded it to be a, a gift from God. That was his word, mm-hmm. and the purpose of it was to develop the spirit, mind, and body. Mm-hmm. of the players mm-hmm. now we you know in the world here we emphasize the body yes you know you know the speed the jumping the muscles the weight the you know all that but the spirit mind and body and if you look at it that way then that's how you can teach being a, a team player and mm-hmm. understanding that you know, with just five men on the court and have to play offense and defense. They don't have two different teams. All of you have to play, and uh, both both offense and defense. And you're dependent upon one another. Mm-hmm. You've got to know that you got to give help when a guy needs it, and then somebody's got to help the helper. And uh, you you learn, uh, you know, that kind of of uh, dependence. On one another, and uh, have the you must learn the willingness mm-hmm. to be there yeah. to help, and so all that uh, it's, it it all fits into uh, how a person can end up living a, a, a better life in his community, whether mm-hmm. he's uh, even a Christian or not. You can still learn a lot of good principles mm-hmm. uh, from the game itself, and hopefully that'll carry over into the way that you do think and live. Absolutely. Well, Coach, we have filled our time, but you and I, I could guess. sit here. You and I <laughs> could sit here and I could talk. Uh, I've got so many other questions that we didn't get to today, but I appreciate you, Coach. I appreciate your testimony um, and the words that you just gave us there about how coaching is really a ministry. Uh, no matter what sport you're coaching, but especially the, the sport of basketball. And, uh, Coach, thank you for your time, but but thank you for your legacy that you have left on this game. Um, and 
you know, a Naismith Hall of Famer. I'm sure, I'm sure whenever uh, you were born in that house in Orleans, uh, no one <laughs> predicted that day that uh, you'd be a Naismith Hall of Famer. Well, nobody ever did <laughs> along the line either. But uh, last thing, uh, God bless you and, and, and your students there and uh, uh, in, in all that you're doing. And uh, uh, pray that there will be blessings on you and that you all be blessings to one another and to others. Okay, Coach, thank you so much and look forward to seeing you here in June. Well, thank you, and, and best to y'all. All right. Thanks a lot, Coach. Chugging it from the cheap seats is also brought to you by BSN Sports and Jeff Neal, their sales rep. Shop BSN Sports for a large selection of sports apparel and footwear, custom and stock Nike team uniforms, and sports equipment for your next winning season. Contact Jeff Neal at 812 204 3808 or visit bsnsports.com.